0: I am tall and slow. And I've been like that for as long as I can remember. So when it came time to play baseball as a kid, there was really only one spot for me. First base. Now when you're kids, sure, that's okay. Just go over there and catch the ball. But in pro baseball, it's not nearly that simple. One example, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. A 21-year-old who has never played first base before trying to figure it out in the middle of a season while he is also supposed to be one of the best young hitters in the game. The
1: second Grand Slam for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. It was an absolute no-doubter!
0: To find out more about playing first base in the majors, especially when it's not your natural position, I enlisted the help of three former big leaguers who all spent some time at first base. I'm Dan Schulman, and this is swinging a Belt. He just logged out, I think, to switch to his phone to click back in.
2: All right, can you hear me now? I can hear you loud and clear. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Woo! So let me turn this other one off. Okay. And there we go. How you doing? Oh man, I can't complain. I cannot complain.
0: Did you do a game last night? Yes, I did. And the show this morning?
2: And the show this morning, and the show yesterday, and the show the day before, and I was supposed to do tomorrow, but...
0: That's Eduardo Perez, the son of Hall of Fame first baseman Tony Perez. Eddie, as he is known to many of his friends, spent 13 years in the big leagues. Primarily a third baseman on his way up through the minors, he played left, right, third, and first in the majors, but more first base than anything else.
2: Okay. So I didn't play much high school baseball. And when I got to Florida state, I came in as a, actually as a center fielder. So the first 30 games of my freshman uh, year, I played in center field. I was actually believe it or not, speedy back <laughs> in the day, uh, gravity then betrayed me, right? <laughs> but, and then I lost out my position. I, I didn't hit much and I became more of a defensive specialist in the outfield. Well, a friend of mine and still a very good friend of mine, Randy Burdett, who now runs. Actually, has a really good position in Fanatics right now in the licensing uh, division. He was our team manager, and he was a very good coach. Yet he wasn't coaching, and he's like, "You have to work out at first base. Come on, let's do some drills. Let's get all the little things done right." So during the fall semester, uh, we started going out to the field early and working on first base drills. I was lucky. What's bad for one is good for another. There was a first baseman at Florida State by the name of Bob Raboyne. He ended up having a hernia after like the first week of the season, and I sort of wally pipped him. I came in and I did well playing first base, and I stayed at first base for my sophomore and junior year at Florida State before signing professionally and actually moving back to the outfield as I signed as an outfielder with the California Angels.
3: I, I actually started as a center fielder, and right away they moved me into third base, and I played third base for about two or three years, and they said, well, you can't play there, so let's try first base, <laughs> so they put me over there. and you
0: know, the- That's a familiar voice for Blue Jays fans. Pat Tabler has been one of the voices of the team for about 20 years. He was a first-round pick of the Yankees in 1976 and spent 12 years in the big leagues, finishing in Toronto in 1992. Tabby played all over the place in the minors third, second, left, right, and yes, first base. And he played all five spots in the majors as well, but eventually played more first than anywhere else.
3: And, you know, the bunt plays, the low throws, the throws up the line, being able to catch balls and move your feet at the same time, backhanding balls and throwing. I mean, there was so much to go into it. And I spent a couple of years there, and I said, well, you can't play there. Let's try a different position. So (laughs) I went to other places, but I can understand how difficult it can be, and it's going to take some time. The important thing is I think for anybody who switches positions is if you're athletic enough that you spend enough time there, your athleticism and your knowledge and your hand-eye coordination and things like that, Will eventually make you a good defender at that one position. But it's very difficult. It's a lot tougher than people think it is. It's not just, hey, let's just catch the ball and and throw it back to the pitcher. There's a lot involved.
4: Obviously, coming up as a catcher, I hadn't taken ground ball since I was 12. And then I got to pro ball, and they said, well, we're going to teach you how to play first. We're going to let you catch still. And then. I guess I played my way out of that position, but uh, I, would, I would go over to first, and it was one of those
0: things, I think. That's Justin Morno. He spent 14 years in the big leagues and won an MVP with the Minnesota Twins in 2006. Deep to right field. Up and gone! A home run! And the Twins win it 7-5! Third
1: time this season, Justin Morno. Two
0: home run ball game. Morneau played every inning of his big league career at first base, but he was a catcher in high school and did spend some time in the minors behind the plate before moving to first, a position he says is a lot harder than people think.
4: Play. There's a lot more that goes into it. It's footwork and it's positioning and it's communicating with your infielders and when to cut off a ball from the outfield. There's a lot of things that go into it that I think... If you do it right, you don't notice. I think the only time you notice someone at first base if they're not doing a good job over there, that's when they really stand out because you don't have as many plays as you have on the you know, the left side of the infield, third base or short. You know, it's more right handed hitters and left handed hitters. But if you make a mistake over there, it really is obvious and then and then it gets gets magnified because it usually costs you an out.
0: Eduardo Perez agrees.
2: You can't hide at first base. A lot of the plays happen there. You know, even though we've seen a lot more fly balls we've seen a lot more strikeouts we're seeing still plays at first where if it's you have to pick it the footwork if it's a throw that is into the runner you have to know when you have to come off the bag to be able to tag the runner or sometimes go behind in foul ball territory and field the ball and touch the bag if you're a right-handed first baseman with your right leg you have to know on throws when the catcher is going to throw it to you If you have your left leg on the bag, your right leg on the bag, if the pitcher, same story, or if it's a do or die situation where the third baseman is coming in, you have to know how to be able to avoid the runner and yet give that third baseman a very good target. I haven't even gotten to the point about catching ground balls and communication with the second baseman. Mm -hmm. So there's so many plays, so many things that can be won and lost, but you cannot hide a player at first base, where a lot of people think you can, so many games have been decided just on the little things of coming off the bag or not communicating well, if it's with a bunt situation at first base. So without a doubt, it is, I believe, one of the most difficult positions to play, yet a lot of people think otherwise. And I've seen so many games be lost and not won because a person doesn't know how to play the position. And Pat Tabler's on board as well. People
3: think that, well, let's go put our worst defender over at first base because that's the easiest position. All you have to do is just catch the ball, and that's the furthest from the truth that you could ever, ever imagine. When I went there from third base and moved across the diamond, just like Vladimir Guerrero did, a couple of things happened. First of all, you spend your whole life on the left side of the diamond and you move over to the right side of the diamond. And Dan, it's almost like the game is backwards. You're seeing everything for the first time from the other side of the diamond and everything literally feels backward. Usually at third base, you're picking up the ball and you're moving to your left and you're throwing. At first base, it seems like your first move, you have to go to first base. You move that way. Everything just seems to be opposite of what you had trained yourself for, on the left side of the diamond. And then being a right-handed thrower, just like Vlad, it just seems very awkward to be able to handle that position at at first base. You know, with your right-handed thrower from third base or shortstop, all your momentum is going to your glove side. At first base, it's the other way. You're doing everything backwards, it seems like. And there definitely is a period where you have to familiarize yourself with that position because it's very difficult and it's very different from any other position that you play on the diamond
0: so this brings us to the heart of the matter vladimir guerrero jr the 2-2 pitch swung on hit hard on the ground
1: great stab by bichette pick it up throw to first on a bounce and they got him azuna hits a rocket to the right of Bo bichette a step put the glove down and pick it up and fire it across the diamond And a long hop for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And in fact, he picked it on a second bounce. A tremendous play by the Blue Jays shortstop and a great pick by the brand new first baseman.
0: 21 years old, and he was supposed to hit up a storm as soon as he got to the majors. And then this year, at least in part due to the fact that he got out of shape during the lockdown, Guerrero was moved across the diamond to first base just a week or so before the regular season began.
1: Thomas Hatch throws his first pitch, It's spun it sharply towards the third baseman, jump throw by Biggio, and no scoop by Guerrero. He could not handle the scoop, so Roman Quinn bunts his way aboard for the second time. See that again is right-handed first baseman, it's very hard to stretch. As far as you can when it's up the line like that because of the runner, that ball should have never hopped on Vladdy if he stretches the right way, but it's very hard being a right-handed first And These are things, again, that you have to keep playing him for him to learn.
0: How hard do you think it would have been, Eddie, to learn a new position, specifically first base, at the major league level?
2: I think it's extremely difficult. And if you look at the situation – of Vladdy's situation where he walked into spring training 1.0 in great shape. I saw him in Dunedin and he was a third baseman. He comes back, he gained some weight and all of a sudden he's playing first and you have to tell him now about footwork. You have to teach him about footwork. Um, I think it puts a lot of pressure on the rest of the infield, but to be able to have to now understand when you go to a ball to your right, Mm -hmm. let's be realistic. When you're playing third base, There's no one else to your right but the foul ball line or the fair line, how a lot of people want to call it if you think positively. So you're going after everything. Now all of a sudden you're at first base and you have help there to your right, but your brain has taught you to always go after everything towards your right. So now you have to depend on the communication aspect of it also. And you have to know where that position player is. Do I go after that ball or do I not? How about the balls that are slow hit balls that are hit at me? How do I decide if the pitcher is going to catch it or if I go to the bag? Or when do I just go for it and hope that the pitcher goes straight to the bag? So the communication is even more important at first base than at third base.
1: Dolice back to work, and the first pitch, Alec Baum, bounced on the right side. Nobody's covering first base, and Baum races over first base. Then the throw gets away from Dolice. Harper's around third. He's going to score. The Phillies have come all the way back to take an 8-7 lead here in the sixth inning. The Blue Jays breaking down defensively on the ball batted by Alec Baum. Towards the second baseman Joe Panic. Guerrero was way off of the line. Dolise couldn't cover the bag. The throw was out of his reach. And after all of that, Dolis comes away hobbling a little bit after the play. And the Blue Jays' training staff is out to check on the pitcher, Rafael Dolis.
0: Communication. Critically important. Again, Justin Morneau.
4: But I think the most important thing, especially for Vladdy, is, is communicating with whoever's positioning the infielders, whether it's the bench coach, the infield coach, and then also communicating with your second baseman. Because if your second baseman's playing in a right-handed shift, and there's a slow hit ball, and you don't go after it because you're not aware of where he's standing, or he's not where you expect him to be. Then it ends up being magnified. It ends up looking like a terrible play. Why didn't he go after that ball? Well, he didn't. He wasn't aware that there was nobody on that side of the infield. So it's one of those things. Every pitch, you try and communicate with that guy next to you, and, and that really helped me. You know, when we were there, I'd want them to tell me what off speed was coming, and you know, I had my second baseman because he could see the signs a lot better in my ear going, you know, for off speed to expect a left-handed, you know, to pull it. And, and so there was constant communication between myself and the second baseman that helped me be prepared and be ready for the next pitch and everything else. So I think that's the main thing that will help him over there. I'm not going after balls to his right. when there's a left-handed shift on him that, that, you know, that second baseman's playing short right field and everything else. It's, as long as you know where your fellow infielders are at, you can adjust a lot easier, and, that, and that's something that I think as you go along, you just get more comfortable. You get in the habit of, you know, turning to your right, checking where he's at, checking where the guy's playing, and then and then you adjust off of that. So I think more than anything, you have to be able to communicate and, and understand where to play.
0: But there's more to it than just communicating. Obviously, there's work that needs to be done to get better.
4: Yeah, I think you have to be allowed to fail. I mean, we learn a lot more from failure than we do from getting everything right. I mean, until you know what you're doing wrong, it's hard. You know, people can tell you, watch out for this play, but until you actually go through it, then you, you know, you don't know what it's like and you don't know how you're going to adjust and you don't know how you're going to, you know, change the next time you're going to do it. So I think that's part of the thing. It's so tough to learn first base in the big leagues because you have to win. And if you're on a team that's trying to make the playoffs or expected to make the playoffs, any mistake that costs you a game can end up costing you, Maybe a spot in the playoffs or a higher seed in the playoffs. So it's hard when you're expected to be major league ready at a position you've probably never played. So that's a challenge, I think, for some of the guys that are moved over there. But I don't know. For me, I had Corey Koski help me when I was in the beginning of my career. And he said, you know, the thing that helped him more than anything was taking ground balls live off the bat. You know, during batting practice, you could take all the fungos you want, but there's nothing that simulates that ball coming off the bat and then learning which balls. To your right, if you're in a shift, you've got that second baseman playing in your hip pocket, and, you know, your instinct automatically is to go to your right and catch that ball. Well, sometimes it's either, you know, it's a harder play with the pitcher covering than it is for you to run back to the base. And the best way to do that is to just take live BP and, you know, tell yourself, all right, I'm playing left-handed shift right here. I'm not going to go after this ball. Or I'm playing a right-handed shift, and I'm going to move all the way over. And you just have to try and simulate those game situations the best you can. And I think that's what helped me a ton was – Many ground balls that I took from, you know, fungos, it helped me more to take them from, you know, hitters live off the bat in batting practice. And I think that helped me get better. But it, it's one of those things where the more reps you get, the more comfortable you get, the better you're going to do. And, and it just takes time. And unfortunately, it takes some longer than others. But yeah, you know, like we said a few times, if you're willing to work, you can get better.
0: But wait, there's more. Shifts have changed so many things about where fielders play and what their responsibilities are. Here's Tabby again.
3: I am amazed at how far off the line the first baseman can play and still get to the base. Let's say there's a right-handed pull hitter up and they've got three infielders on the left side of the infield. He's basically in charge of the whole right side. So he's got to basically get 45 feet off of the line. If a guy hits a ball, a two-hopper to the shortstop, you have to be athletic enough to read it number one off the bat. You can't hesitate. You have to read it off the bat and then sprint to first base. And if the runner is like a Mike Trout who can run a little bit also, he's very powerful and you you have to shift on him, and he can run a little bit, you've got to get to the bag. Find the bag, turn, find the ball, and then stretch, and then hopefully you, you get them. So, in that respect, it's a lot more difficult.
5: Apparently, that will be the theme song of overshifting one side or another. The next one to Seeger is low. First time I heard it as a kid, of course. You go back to Ted Williams, Cleveland, Lou Boudreau Ted Williams had destroyed the Indians in the first game of a doubleheader. He had three home runs and eight runs batted in. Two old pitchers strike. Right? So during the meetings before game two, that's when Lou Boudreau came up with the idea, let's stack the right side of the infield. Williams came back, doubled his first at bat in the second game, and then they pretty well quieted him. pitch high fly ball to deep left field back goes Van Slyke on the track and one hands it two down so I thought well that's the first time I'd ever heard of an infield overloading against a hitter then I found out no there was an outfielder with the Chicago Cubs named Williams oddly enough Cy Williams and back in 1920 They were loading up the infield against him. And I thought, well, that's the first time. And then I did some more reading. And the first time we know of a modified shift 1877. Yeah. With two down here's Mars.
4: I think it's more challenging now to play first base with all the shifts. Right. We never saw a whole lot of shifts on right handed hitters. Now you see the first baseman playing a shallow straight up second base a lot of times and the angle going to first base is difficult turning in the balls on the way from the other infielder so there's a lot that goes on but the more you're over there the more you get comfortable the more you get those reps and then obviously it's just a position where if you work at it you can get better and you just have to be willing to put in the work
0: others put in the work albert Pujols, miguel cabrera jim tomi, carlos delgado none of them started off as first baseman. So if Guerrero really works at it, and as he gains experience, and as he learns to communicate better with his second baseman, and if he gets in better shape, can he become an adequate major league first baseman?
2: I think he can, but it's going to take game experience. You can practice all you want, but the game experience is essential. And again, I was fortunate that I used to go down to winter baseball and practice all the different positions. Because you can practice all you want, but you have to have that in-game experience. You have to know where to be in a cutoff situation. Uh, You have a leadership position also at first base, and you have to stay focused. And you're responsible for all the erratic throws that are coming if it's from second, short, or first. And, oh, by the way, you have to know the situation, what the score is, because sometimes it's not about picking it at first. It's about keeping it in front of you, because that go-ahead run might be at second base, and you don't want to give him an extra 90.
0: Tabby thinks Guerrero can get there, too.
2: Oh, I
3: think he can be better than adequate. You know, he's got the athleticism definitely to be able to play. I mean, he's got quick feet. He's got soft hands. He was able to play third base, which is a very difficult position to play. But he can do it. All he needs is reps, and all he needs work at it. Positioning himself and, and really being cognizant of where that second baseman is, especially on shifts. I've seen him a couple times this year go after baseballs that he had no business going after that. That's the second baseman. And that's what I mean about, you know, being able to read the ball. Your first instinct is to go after the ball where at first base, sometimes your first instinct has to be, you have to go to the bag. So I think just with reps, with practice, getting out there every day, working with Louis Rivera, working on the different plays, the backhand plays, the digs at first base. I think he can do that. And I think eventually when it becomes second nature to him, he'll be a pretty decent first baseman. And then once he's over that, I think you're going to see the hitting come along too because there's nothing for a baseball player. You're thinking about your defense while you're trying to hit. And I can see that that could be some of the problem also, that he's worried about his defense and all that kind of stuff. But I think for sure, Dan, I, I think once he gets used to it, and it could take this year and half of next year, but if he works at it and comes out early and does all the work and things like that and gets comfortable and thinks about it, talks to his teammates, I think he can be more than an adequate
4: first baseman.
0: Morno agrees, but cautions as well. Yes, he can get there but he's got to want it badly enough to put the work in.
4: You know, for him, he's a good athlete. I mean, he he can be as good as he wants to be as long as he's willing to work over there. And and it's not one of those things where I think we've spent so much time now in, in the game in the last few years of trying to save guys, trying to keep guys off their feet, trying to not overwork guys. Well, sometimes you have to take 75 ground balls if you want to get better every day. I mean, sometimes you have to stay out there for an entire group of BP and read balls off the bat. I mean yes once you get to a certain level it maybe only takes you 25 ground balls to feel like you're ready for a game but if you're in an unfamiliar position and you don't go over there and put the work in it's going to cost your team games because first basemen are involved in the play a lot i mean there's there's a lot of things you can do to save yourself errors and save your team errors and save your team runs and and help your team win ball games and it's just it's a lot of pride of being over there and I don't know if I'd say anybody can play first base, but anybody can play adequately, I think.
0: You know, given some of the things you said, he's only 21. He's never played there before. It's more complicated now because of shifts, as you said, and it's in the major leagues, and the team is trying to make a playoff spot. Do you feel for him a little bit that, and part of it was his conditioning and his weight, and they felt maybe they had to move him over there, but do you feel for him a little bit, you know, being in the situation that he's in this year, given how challenging this has been for him?
4: I fell for him before he got there. I mean, he was one of the most hyped prospects we've seen in a long time. He I made mean, his debut on a struggling team that he was supposed to be the savior of. And, <laughs> and, you know, he, as a young player, you need to have a chance to fail. You need to be able to fail and not to feel so much pressure to be the next whatever and just be yourself. And he, I think he had a hard time even having that opportunity. So he went over there and there was expectations, of course, and expectations are good. They, they give you something to work for, but I don't know. I think it's been a challenge for him. He's, he's a young kid, like you said, and, and for him being over there and having pressure. And then every time he makes a mistake, he's got to answer a whole bunch of questions about it and it stands out. And then, you know, I don't think he has the same uh, amount of leeway that most 21 year olds have because most of them are still in a ball. And <laughs> he's just so talented that, you know, his back got him there, but his glove is going to make him give him a 10 or 15 year career if he's able to you know become an adequate defender. So I don't know. He's one of those guys that, that if he wants to work, he wants to get better. He's definitely athletic enough to, to do it. And, you know, it's one of those things. It's, it's up to the player. You can only hold his hand and take him out to first base and force him to take ground balls. Eventually, it becomes up to the, to the person to, to do it. And I'm not saying he's not doing that, but, you know, it's so much up to, you know, as much pride as you have in your offense, you have to have the same amount of pride in your defense.
0: So, a lot to unpack. He's young. He's not in great shape, and he's playing a new position, which is much more complicated than most people realize, learning on the fly at the major league level for a team that finds itself in a pennant race. How we got here probably isn't really important anymore. Where Guerrero goes from here is really all that matters. Experience, communication, conditioning, and hard work. Can he get too adequate, maybe better defensively? And will that help him become the hitter he is supposed to be? Time will tell, and the Blue Jays have a lot riding on it.